0: Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want (laughs) to (laughs) bet? And we are underway.
2: Welcome to the Week 14 Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your Week 14 NFL betting preview. I am joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague and the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Stuck, what's going on? Ready to get to work on Week 14,
1: we only have four regular season weeks left. Then we get into the playoffs.
2: So uh, let's close with a bang. Let's do it. Before we kick things off, two very quick reminders. Number one, if you plan to bet on the NFL this season and haven't downloaded the free award-winning action network app, what are you doing? It's got betting tools analysis for me, Stucky and the whole action network team. And it lets you track every bet that you make. And number two, If you want a chance at a free Vegas vacation, don't forget to enter our free custom weekly DFS contest. The Action Pods Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM. 20 spots in our wildcard weekend grand finale are still up for grabs, so follow the link in the episode description and join for free today. All right, Stuck, let's get into Thursday night football.
0: It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football.
2: So, this week we have a rematch of a couple Super Bowls ago. The New England Patriots at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams favored by five and a half points. The total is 44 and a half at bet MGM, the official. Odds provider of the podcast. Stuck initial thoughts on this Thursday night football matchup.
1: Yeah, just to set the stage here. Well, actually, I should just let me just give an update on kind of the lay of the land in the NFL. I think it's a good time to do it uh, as we head into week 14. Home teams are 96, 94, and one. So basically there are exactly 500 on the year, and last year's win percentage of 51.2% was the lowest since 1972. And if you go back from 2003 to 2019, 57% win rate straight up for home teams, average margin about 2.4 points. Against the spread, road teams are hitting at about 52.5% on the year, covering by about 1.3 points on average, overs and unders about even on the year. So basically, what those numbers tell you, and everyone's worried. You know, trying to figure out what is home field worth without fans is that there is no home field advantage this year. Um, and home field has been coming down. We've talked about that before. But it, you have to remember, there's still a lot of noise. It's still a small sample size, you know, of games that we're talking about. You know, close to 200 games. It's going to be a lot of noise there. I still have my average home field around one point lower for division games, about a half point difference between division and non-division games. But it comes out to about an average of one point. But Maybe I'm too high. Maybe I'm too low. It's a continual process. But this game will be played in Los Angeles. And New England was in Los Angeles last week. So they're staying out there. And it's a rematch of the Super Bowl. And I'm really intrigued just to see. I mean, basically Bill Belichick, Flores, and company ruined Sean McVeigh for about a season plus. Right? They came in and just completely shut down that Rams offense. They kind of gave the league a script. Actually, if you go back, it was bears, the bears too. Yeah. Right? It was the yeah. bears. And then with, uh, Vic Fangio, and then it was, you know, Matt, Patricia had his hand in there. And Matt, Patricia, uh, call out, but you know, then Sean McVay uh, coming into this year has redesigned went back to the lab and has done some new things with the offense So it'll be interesting to see what the Patriots do from a scheme perspective here because this front seven is nowhere close to as good as the front seven that we saw then. And same with the back end. They've had a lot of opt-outs. You know, whenever I look at the Rams, it's, okay, can you really get pressure on Goff to disrupt the offense? And you get pressure on Goff, it's pretty simple. He's probably going to flop. And the Patriots aren't elite at getting pressure. Now, can they come up with something scheme-wise? We'll see. Um, I, I have a slight lean to the under here. I mean, the Patriots, they can't throw the ball. They're just trying to grind the ball and grind the clock down the field. Yes, they won 45 nothing last week, but Cam Newton threw for 69 yards. Not nice. And the Patriots had less than 300 yards at 4.4 yards per play. They basically won on special teams. We know how bad the Chargers special teams are. And in the week before, against Arizona, they won 20-17. to Cam Newton threw for 84 yards. And the Patriots had 179 total yards, 3.5 yards per play. They won back-to-back games in the NFL with those offensive stats, mainly based on special teams. Um, So, you know, that's very hard to sustain. I don't see them winning this game via special teams. I think the Rams offense can do enough here to get this win. Um, I think the line is about right. I have a slight lean to the under. It's probably nothing I'll get involved with uh, from a football fan perspective. I'm just really intrigued to see the X's and O's here and see what Belichick uh, cooks up, how the adjustments that McVeigh has made and now Goff handles going up against the Patriots here. So it should be fascinating from that aspect. And uh, maybe I'll get in live. If you don't follow me, follow me on the action network app and see if I get anything there. But I think i won't be getting in on any, anything pregame. It's one of those weeks where the lines are really sharp. There's not a ton of edges out there per my numbers. I think I only had three. I had no discrepancies in spreads of over a field goal, only three over a point, which I'll, I'll get to in this show. Um, so it's a really tough, efficiently lined week. There's some spots and some matchups that we're going to get into where I think you can still find some edges. But uh, here this looks like a pass to me, but a really fascinating game. Uh, I just don't know if the Patriots' offense can do enough. And you, you can't just keep relying on special teams touchdowns.
2: Well, and here we go because it's week 14, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, switch it up. You usually have the special teams numbers. I'll give you one. The Patriots, number three uh, in special teams DVOA, 8.8% above average, the Rams, number 30, negative 7.4%. So, it, interestingly enough, you know, the Patriots could have a special teams advantage in this game. Now, what does that mean for the Rams, and, and does it slow down? Because I, th- I think the Rams have done a great job this year of masking Jared Goff's deficiencies, especially since they did lose uh, Andrew Whitworth uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago so you know that's you know that's big for them and 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 they really didn't do much over the offseason remember to kind of shore up that o-line it's kind of just continuity and and and, and some new schemes so Sean McVay really uh, has done a good job and some younger backs which has helped because their running game has been really
1: good yeah it's not Todd Gurley getting stuffed anymore
2: yeah high it's a high volume run game you have three capable backs that fill, you know that can fill different roles kind of a little bit like the 49ers um had in that Super Bowl run last year so yeah it's it's a good game I have it about Rams by four but you know the difference between four and five and a half is not really a you know something to where you're jumping to bet uh the 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 underdog in that spot because between you know four and, and five and a half you know three and a half and five and a half really uh, are it's kind of like a dead zone where um you know three is a key number six is a key number so um, i have a little bit you know t- lean toward the patriots but um it's i still expect it to be you know a, a one score game uh, at the end of the day yeah it's yeah i mean the, the special
1: teams it is a good point i'd say you can't keep relying on it but the rams special teams have been have been miserable their return game is awful so they might lose the field position battle here their kick and punt return uh and i their kicker, I don't know who their, kick, their kicker is. Matt Gay, I think, right now and he's listed as questionable because he has a shoulder injury, um, and they have Austin McGinnis on the practice squad, and their kicking has just not been great. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Their kicker injured their sho- his shoulder, apparently, which might prevent him from kicking. I, I mean, how the hell does that uh, impact them? But yeah, you're right. The Rams' special teams have been brutal, so maybe uh, the Patriots make a big play or two. There's a missed field goal, and uh, I don't know if that will be enough, but it definitely could impact the cover here. Uh, but this is a stay away for me.
2: I don't know if it's because the charges have been so historically bad at special teams, but it does seem – and the Dolphins have been really good too, but it just seems like special teams is impacting games in a meaningful way a little bit more this year. It could just be like a small sample size with, you know, a couple of teams happening to face off against each other, but something to think about.
1: We don't love anything on Thursday football, so if you're looking for action on the game, you know, we have great prop players, including yourself – matt friedman sean corner the odds maker we have a show convince me on thursday night 7 eastern just go to the action network handle and it's it's live on on periscope and you guys will give your favorite props we'll have prop content out on the app on the action network app so check that out and uh you guys always crush it so you can get you can get uh some action that way just make sure you get in quick because some of these things will move
2: yeah, great point. Um, look out for that. And and we do the show uh, Sunday, every Sunday uh, at 11 a.m. on the Action Network uh, handle as well, where we give out more props. But yeah, that's that's always the key. You know, these lines move extremely uh, quick, you know, even from when we you know bet them to putting putting them in the app. So, um, you know, if you can get a, a line as soon as you see it posted, please do. So there's your Thursday night football game again. Rams favored by five and a half the total. 44 and a half. We don't really see a huge edge um, in this one. Our numbers are pretty much in line with the market, but uh, that is your Thursday night football game. And speaking of Thursday night football, bet MGM has a great sign-up offer for the game. New customers bet $1 to win a hundred and free bets. If either team scores a touchdown, just sign up and make your first bet using bonus code action 100. That's action one zero zero download. The Bet MGM app today or visit betmgm.com to sign up and use the code ACTION100 to bet $1 and win 100 in free bets if either the Rams or the New England Patriots scores a touchdown in tonight's Thursday night football game. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT-IN-Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. Let's crack open the Sunday
0: six-pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack.
2: You're crushing, stuck. You're up thirty-eight to thirty-one. Uh, I guess this is my time because this is around the time I came Still back last safe. year. Yeah, um, but I got work to do because I think we've been hitting totals lately, but keep picking the wrong two-point play, which is killing me. Uh, should have just should have just picked the uh, the Jets on the spread last week. I can't believe they. I can't believe what happened at the end of that game. I'm sure we'll talk about it. But uh, I'm up first this week. You'll go first for the total for the number one pick of the week. 14, Sunday six-pack, I am going with the Atlanta Falcons, minus two and a half at the LA Chargers, and I'm just going to keep testing this Chargers team and Anthony Wynn uh, until they show me otherwise, because number one, I really do like this Falcons team, and I think because they played New Orleans twice, games that I thought, you know, they could, they could have won, and you know, the second time they're more competitive than, than the first, but, you know, maybe those two losses are kind of masking some of the uh, improvements that they've made on the defensive side of the ball since uh, Raheem Morris took over, you know, even in this latest Saints game, they gave up 21, uh, the week before they gave up just six points. Uh, they haven't given up a 30 point game, uh, under Raheem Morris, 27 was the high by the Denver Broncos in a game where the Broncos were playing catch up for, for much of the second half. So, I really do like this Falcons team and some of the improvements they've made. But this is a game where, you know, Anthony Wynn gets the biggest coaching downgrade for me, you know, in my model out of, out of any team. And now you're starting to see the metrics line up with with, this, with, this Charger, with the Chargers playing on the field because for money, much of the season it was like, okay, the Chargers are kind of an average team with a great, you know, quarterback playing well, uh, some talent, just playing a little bit, you know, below their true talent level, underachieving a bit. You usually expect those teams to kind of bounce back. But now you look up and uh, you look at DVOA and remember DVOA is schedule uh, adjusted and the Chargers after this latest uh, defeat to the Patriots are now 30th in total DVOA and weighted DVOA, which weights the more recent games uh, more heavily. The Chargers are number 31 in the league. The Falcons are twenty second overall, so not great, but they do improve three spots uh, when you look at weighted DVOA. So this is essentially uh, a weak average team versus a bottom three team, which and you know I have this number at at four. I think I'm the highest of of any of us. I think you have it significantly lower, but um, I do kind of take into account you know, coaching because it does impact the spread and the models. And I think that's the biggest discrepancy I've seen with my numbers and some of the quote unquote, sharper numbers out there. You know, what, what the big money is doing on a given week, they're not going, they're not adjusting for coaching. And I think you saw that early in the year with a lot of bets kind of coming in on the Falcons. Uh, And you're kind of seeing that later in the year with the chargers still getting a lot of love in the market, despite um, continuously showing us that they, they're not going to play as well as you would expect, given what they look like on paper. And I think it was kind of significant that after that Bills game two weeks ago, the Chargers officially eliminated, essentially, their playoff chances went to zero. And then for them to come out last week, 45 to nothing. As a home favorite, they lose. Pro Football Reference has spread data dating back to 1975. Up until the Chargers game last week, no home favorite had ever been shut out more then thirty-five to nothing, and that was also the Chargers in like uh, I think the late seventies or it might have been early eighties. But they're still at home, second worst team in the week according to DVOA. I'm taking them minus two and a half, essentially betting on the Falcons to win win the game here in LA. I think it actually was the most lopsided home loss shutout loss since 1989. But whatever, yes, yeah, so it's
1: been it's definitely been over 30 years for sure. And but what. I disagree because I make this closer to a pick. Now, all I did is tease. I, I have a teaser piece out for this week. So make sure you check it out. I teased the chargers up from two and a half to three and a half. It fits the mold. I do think that it's the one thing that's not great about teasing is I think it's going to be a higher scoring game, which doesn't make it an ideal teaser. Because I make it closer to a pick. I was more than comfortable teasing the chargers from two and a half to eight and a half. And outside of last week, all they've done is playing lots of close games. And you know, it just going back to history, if any trends players are out there, a home dog after a more than three touchdown loss since 2003, 40-23-2 and two against the spread at 63.5%. Teams off of a shutout loss are 26-1 and one against the spread since 2015, about 68% over the past 20 years. A home dog, so after getting a shutout, a team that's a home dog is 31 and 6 when teased since 2001? so that's what I'm doing here now that it, all, all of what I just said goes back to kind of one of my key philosophies in the NFL just works this way with your numbers is buying low and selling high. so you know everyone sees the chargers lose 45, nothing last week, and it's so oh, they're terrible. and look, just. Just coming out and saying I'm fading Anthony Lynn to not win this game because the Chargers pretty much have to win this game to cover. That's actually sound enough reasoning right there. But the one thing that you're fighting against here, I saw this really funny tweet, and I apologize to the author because I don't remember the handle, where it said, the Atlanta Falcons are an organization of 52 players working together in order to maximize uh, Koo's fantasy points their kicker. Um, (laughs) which because they cannot score in the red zone. It's what cost them less. I mean it is amazing. The only the only two teams that are less successful in the red zone this year are the Giants and the Jets. And it's crazy. By the way, special teams game if you want to talk special teams this is goes to your point. This is a revenge game for Koo, a revenge kicker game. And he's been great and the honey bad the hunt the money badger can't name yourself as a kicker. He's been awful Charger special teams, but so that could end up being the difference. You, know, you cover two and a half, it's just a missed field goal or a field goal. But yeah, I mean, the, the Falcons, just the red zone, I, I don't, I, they, I can't figure out why they're so bad in the red zone. They can't run the ball and they don't have a mobile quarterback. I'm sure that's part of it, but the play calling doesn't seem to be ideal. I do expect Justin Herbert to bounce back against the soft Falcons defense. It has improved, uh, but Herbert's been good almost every week except last week. And this isn't a Bill Belichick defense. So fading Anthony lose, I can't give you too much shit. But for me, I'm teasing the Chargers up to eight and a half. Yeah,
2: I mean, and no, I'm usually on the, you know, buy low, sell high. I actually have a pick that kind of fits into that perfectly. But my numbers actually make this four. Like, uh, So, you know, it's a spot where usually when you're buying low, selling high, like, you know, we had the, the Jets and Raiders like seven and a half last week, you know, things like that. Usually the number is a little bit higher, but this is kind of, for whatever reason, you know, the Chargers are still kind of getting that benefit of the doubt. I, I just don't see it. I mean, Anthony Wynn, you know, they're, he's 9-18 and 18 in L.A. against the spread. Like, that's hard to do, you know, at home, like, uh, over that span of time. So, I'm going to continue to fade him, Lo- like the Falcons, in for improvement. But, yeah, essentially just betting on Anthony Wynn to lose the game.
0: All right,
1: for my first pick and the second overall pick of the Sunday's six-pack, I'm going back to all Reliable. He's treated me very well this year, and that's Tom Brady off of a loss. Uh, and if you want to know the stats, he's 34-12 and 12 against the spread off a straight-up loss. It applied against the Chiefs, and he got us in the back door.
0: You can always come in my back door.
1: He's the most profitable of 203 quarterbacks in our Action Labs database, covering by an average margin of six points per game in those 46 games. And at BetMGM, the Bucks are minus six and a half. As an underdog or favorite of less than a touchdown, Brady, after a loss, is 26 and 3 against the spread. Insane. Tampa's obviously coming off of a bye here. That'll help with their health. Specifically, I have receiver. I know Chris Godwin isn't practicing. I expect him to play. He had pins removed in his fingers, so he didn't practice today. Uh, I assume he's just recovering from that. But Dean, their corner, he should be back. Ali Marpet, I fully expect to be back on the offensive line. That's huge. And I think – look, what has – Tampa done this year. They've lost the elite teams, the elite defenses, and Brady hasn't looked great. This is not an elite defense. These are corners that can be picked on. This is a team that doesn't get pressure. The Vikings are 24th in adjusted sack rate. When Brady's clean, clean in the pocket this year, 25 touchdowns, six picks, 80% adjusted completion percentage. When he's under pressure, he's 30th of 40 quarterbacks uh, in quarterback rating, three touchdowns, five picks, 58.2%. Adjusted completion percentage, just 35th out of 40 quarterbacks with a minimum of hundred dropbacks. And additionally, you have the Vikings who, you know, they've they've won two straight, but their injury report is really troubling. Uh, Eric Kendricks didn't practice today. Both their tight ends, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith didn't practice today. You know, Jeff Gladney, their corner. He wasn't doing much at practice today, so the Vikings are pretty banged up. While the, while Tampa really got healthy, we know that the Bucks beat these bad defenses and these you know average to below average teams by a lot off the of loss. They'd shown it, and the Vikings just look. I mean, can we take a look at what the Vikings have done of late? Yes, they, I mean they lost to Dallas at home, and we've seen we. I, hey, is Dallas having a resurgence? No, we've we've answered that question. They got trucked. By Washington and then trucked uh, by Baltimore. Since that loss to Dallas, Minnesota had a miraculous home win against Carolina. A miraculous miracle. They scored 18 points in the fourth quarter, last second touchdown, and then survived a missed field goal. They, they really should have lost that game. And last week, they played the Jags at home. So this is the Panthers and the Jags and back to back home weeks after losing to the Cowboys. And in that game, Minnesota again had a very fortunate win. Uh, They had a comeback late and they won in overtime in a game where they were playing Mike Glennon and the yardage was 420 to 390 yards per play. Vikings 4.9 Jags 5.7. This team's trending in the wrong direction and the Bucks match up. Well, they can take, they can at least contain Dalvin cook, which is where that entire offense starts from. Uh, I think the Bucks, hopefully you would think figured out some things from a play calling perspective and on offense, stop throwing to Leonard Fournette. I think the bucks come out here with uh, their Harrod fire and uh, Brady gets another cover. i um, getting under a touchdown here after a loss. Uh, so give me Tampa minus six and a half.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I've noticed kind of that same thing with Minnesota is that they're, they're struggling against really flawed teams. You know, I was, Uh, did an article that should be up uh, soon on the action network uh, just kind of breaking down all of the NFC East teams after, you know, the two, the Washington and giants get the shutout win and just kind of looking over what they, you know, what, who would be their ideal playoff opponent if they got there. Um, And Minnesota came up for me a lot just because I think a lot of those teams would match up well. And one of the reasons is Minnesota has struggled against the bad teams. And uh, if you struggle against the bad teams, you're going to struggle against the good teams and Tampa Bay, that's, that's really been their M.O. this year. And, and it's also not prime time. So uh, Brady should be wide awake and, ready. you know, got all the sleep in. It's a bye. You know, they had the bye. Brady, remember, he's 43. He didn't have a bye till Week 12. So uh, I love this. And I, and I love them as a tease piece as well because you can now tease them to essentially win the game uh, at, at, a, at a half point. So do like this pick. For my number two pick and the number three overall pick of the Week 14 Sunday six pack, I am going with the biggest uh, edge that I see at our uh, pro models, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers plus two and a half at the Buffalo Bills. And I think, listen, you know, we've talked about the Steelers, and and I actually thought they would they would beat Washington. Uh, last week but we've talked about this I saw saw on the app yeah right exactly I was
1: I was rooting for the Steelers to win so we could get Buffalo plus three here Uh, yeah and then I wanted Buffalo to lose to San Fran uh and then that would have been a slam spot because we definitely would have got I think Bills plus three
2: this is not it was not a good Monday for me like it was like it was like Steelers blow the weed Bills and then Jack and I had the Singletary under because I love that Niner run defense and then Zach Moss – like, Singletary gets hurt. And I'm like, okay, good. And then Zach Moss gets hurt. Singletary gets, like, every carry. I was like, oh, this is just – this is not going well. So, one uh, of those yeah. Lights. Yeah, one of those Mondays. But uh, this is how you this is how you do it. You have to – it's kind of like being a cornerback, like, you know, who gets burned and you have to come back. You can't be scared to, to come back and play man coverage again. Uh, so, we're going right back with the Steelers plus two and a half. I can't believe I'm betting on the Steelers here. But um, this, it, this number, I actually have the Steelers as slight favorites. So, uh, this – this number is pretty off to me, and I think it is a reaction to what we saw in two national TV games back to back last Monday night. and listen, the Steelers, they're not quite as good on defense as they were earlier in the year. Why? Because all their linebackers keep blowing out their knees. So uh, with that being said, uh, this buffalo team you know is one that the strength of schedule does pull their numbers down a little bit. Um, they have beaten some kind of, some kind of Average to below below average teams. Um, The Steelers still are going to have kind of the same issues they have on offense um, as well. But all that being said, uh, I think this is a very evenly matched uh, two teams. And Buffalo, you mentioned it. There's not really a big home field advantage this year, Um, so that's another factor kind of playing in to where you have. I have the Steelers uh, as as again a slight favorite. Um, They're plus two and a half. I think that this is a great spot for Mike Tomlin now, you know, he kind of, and I thought it would happen last week, which is why I thought the the Steelers would handle Washington. But I thought after that game against Baltimore, and I think Tomlin tried to do it, you know, he he called them out. He said they sucked and and whatnot, but he didn't really get his point across because they still won that game. But now, now you have the rah-rah Tomlin spot back a little bit where um, he has some real kind of teaching points to go off of. And you look at, the Steelers and you know, we've talked about this and there's kind of like some very specific spots where you back them and where you fade them. Uh, Mike Tomlin as an underdog, uh, 36 and 18, uh, against the spread 67%, uh, Mike Tomlin off a loss 42 and 30, 58% against the spread. Uh, and then Sean McDermott, uh, is, uh, is just 43% against the spread off a multi-game, uh, straight up win streak. So, I love how the situational spot kind of aligns for the Steelers to, to bounce back here uh, against. And, and, and again, this is, you know, even with, you know, uh, Steelers losing a linebacker, a couple linebackers, this is still going to be a tough matchup for Josh Allen. And Josh Allen has been inconsistent, you know, from week to week, like he played well uh, against San Francisco. He played poorly against the Chargers played poorly. I think a couple weeks ago against the jets. Like we've seen this kind of up and down from him, uh, and I think, you know, in this spot with the focused Steelers team, that's a little bit angry and kind of just a, a great spot for their coach now to, to get his point across. Uh, I think you're going to see a, a, a whole different Steelers team than the one we kind of saw just sweep through those last two uh, primetime games.
1: I have a lot on this game. Um, the one thing I will say, the Bill's defense is definitely trending in the right direction during the bye week. They made some scheme changes the way that they're using some of their linebackers Uh, Edmonds are lining him more outside. They're being more aggressive with A.J. Klein. Now they have Matt Milano back, which is just huge across the board. Johnson, their slot is playing a little better. They don't have Josh Norman in there any longer. Mm -hmm. Levi Wallace is in. There's just a lot of pieces that are playing well. Some of their defensive linemen are playing better. So they cleaned some things up on the defensive side of the ball during the bye. The offensive line is playing well of late. I mean, the Bills have looked good of late, but there's no doubt that this is, you know, a direct overreaction to what happened on the same night last week. You know, you saw the Bills look so good against the 49ers and then the Steelers lose to Washington. So, on the surface, it's a buy low, sell high spot that is creating line value on the Steelers. But you have to keep in mind the Steelers, this is our third game in 11 days. That's brutal. You mentioned Robert Spillane, another linebacker that's hurt. Bush has already done. Joe Hayden, their corner, he's hurt. I don't know if he can go. Nelson, their other corner, he's hurt. So this is a really banged-up defense that has played one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. They've also benefited from a league-leading 23 turnovers, part of which is because they played so many backup quarterbacks. And, I mean, Brian Dable for the Bills has just been amazing, by the way. And the Bills lead the league in third-down conversion percentage. That's going to be a battle in this game. The Steelers just, like, there's going to be some potential wind in this game. The Steelers can't run the ball. It is a huge issue, and I've been saying it all year. I, I mean, pit run blocking, let's take a look at PFF. They're starting offensive linemen out of 183 qualified offensive linemen. This is where they rank their respective rankings out of 183 offensive linemen in run blocking. 171st, 162nd, 160th, 102nd, 127th. They don't have a single offensive lineman in the top hundred and run blocking they have the lowest expected rushing yards per attempt in the league their offensive line is 30th in adjusted line yards I mean it's bad uh and they're they're number one in the adjusted sack rate on offense because Ben just gets rid of the ball so quick it's just these seven eight yard passes that's hard to sustain drives especially when you're dropping seven eight balls a game as they are right now you would expect some regression there with the drops but it's hard to move up and down the field when there's no explosiveness Pittsburgh 29th in explosive play rate. Buffalo, top five in that department. And Pitt's aggressive D, they can give up big plays, especially if their secondary's banged up. And Buffalo, where they've been most vulnerable, is against the run and giving up explosive runs. That's not Pittsburgh's game at all. So there's a bunch of things to be worried about with Pittsburgh. And it's crazy. You went with Pittsburgh last week against Washington. You were playing them live to win. And then this week, we were telling everyone Pittsburgh's overrated because of their offense, now their defense is banged up. Uh, but at the end of the day, I've preached it all the time. This is the classic Tomlin spot. Yes, he is like think. Think about their last couple games. They played the Ravens backups. How flat were they? They played Washington. How flat were they? Even against Jacksonville, they were. It was like zero zero through. We we know how bad Jake Luton is now. Uh, they, they just come out flat for these spots where they're they're favorites. He's the Least profitable coach is a double digit favorite in our database over the past 20 years. But Tomlin, as a road dog against winning teams, 17 and 5 against the spread, 77.3%, covering by an average of six points per game. That's Brady after a loss type numbers. Number one of 124 coaches in our Action Labs database, 15 and 7 straight up in those games. That's as an underdog on the road against. Uh, team over five hundred. He he's fifteen and seven straight up in those games, so it's a rah-rah spot. Off of a loss, uh, we're getting disrespected now. So the Steelers will be fired up for this one. There could, yeah, I mentioned there could be wins so keep an eye on that. I keep going back and forth on this. I do think the the line is a little a little overvalued, and there's there's value in in Pittsburgh, and I've tried to adjust for the injuries and the situation, um, and the matchup, and there's still some value in Pittsburgh here. It's a good tease tease piece too. So if you want to tease Pittsburgh, which has come across the two and a half, uh, you can tease them up to eight and a half. Perfect
2: tee spot. I wish they would just use like you know they they signed one of the best fullbacks in the league uh, in Derek Watt, who's uh, TJ's brother and JJ's brother, Derek. Uh, they have him. They have like a fullback, and they have you know Vance McDonald, who's a blocking tight, and they never make their third tight end active. So they're just completely uncommitted to the run. I would like to see them just activate that third tight end and at least, you know, give opposing defenses something to think about because you've seen this, you know, running is not all just, okay, our line is terrible. We can't get pushed. We can't run. We saw the giants last week and the giants don't have a great offensive line. The Steelers, uh, the Seahawks have been great in run defense, but what did the giants do? They just went big. They went three tight ends. They know Evan Ingram is not going to, and that line is not going to be able to box Seattle one-on-one, but you put three tight ends in heavy formation there it's a whole different game. And I just wish Pittsburgh would do some of that. Um, I think it would really help their offense instead of, cause you're not only just doing the same thing every time with, the, with these short passes, but you're not even giving the defense really any, you know, much to think about. Cause even if you are going, you know, it's a different personnel group, it's still kind of the same formation. It's still, it's just Eric Ebron instead of Ray, Ray McLeod or, or James Washington. So uh, I do think the Steelers and Randy Fickner need to, need to switch it up. But yeah, I do like the, uh, I, I like the situational spot for Pittsburgh. I do think the drops, uh, will regress, and uh, I, again, I just have Buffalo. I also knocked him down a little for, for for strength of schedule. So it's it's really that simple. It's just uh, about uh, about two and a half, no, about three points of value for me on the uh, on the line. Be afraid of the Bills, though, man. The Bills are going to have a say in the AFC. Oh, I love um, the Bills. They are, oh Sean McGermott is like I, you know Sean McDermott staff has, is awesome. up there. Yeah, he's up there. This is not about the Bills. Brian Dable.
1: He's going to get a head coaching
2: job. He's, he's um, kind of jumped to the top of the list. I think. Like yep. a lot, I'm hearing a um, lot of people say he's the top now.
1: So. He, I mean, he just carved up Robert Sala last week. Now, granted, the Bills did benefit from a bunch of corners. Richard Sherman was back, but uh, a couple of the other San Fran corners were out, and they had like a fourth string in the slot, and they just abused San Fran. But, yeah, he's, that whole staff's doing a tremendous job. And Josh Allen, if he can just be more consistent, as you said, look out.
0: Yeah, Buffalo's happening now.
1: Um, All right, for my second pick in the Sunday six-pack and the fourth overall, this is bad. This is really bad. Uh, I'm going with the Chicago Bears and Mitch Bortles plus one and a half at BetMGM at home against the Houston Texans. I can't believe I'm doing it.
0: You've just been Bortled.
1: But again, this is a week where I didn't have a ton of edges. I make... Chicago, a small favorite here. And there's some things I do like about this matchup. Number one, keep in mind that there's potentially 20 to 30, maybe more mile an hour wind gusts all day in Chicago for this game, which is going to make the running games even more important. I like the way that the Bears used Montgomery and Patterson last week and kind of mixing them in. And and Montgomery's been playing well lately. They'll be able to run on Houston. Houston's defensive line, thirty-first in adjusted line yards. Houston, by the way, they have the thirty-second ranked rush offense, DBOA, and the twenty-sixth ranked run defense. Bears have a top-five run defense, and Houston defensive line is trash, trash. You, I mean, just they have nothing up the middle. Their linebackers aren't playing well, and um, on the offensive line, I mean, the interior is so weak. I think Hicks, and they can get interior pressure there. Right tackle, Titus Howard, he can be exploited. Khalil Mackie didn't practice today, but I expect him to play. He could have a big day. Um, And, look, this Texan seems just not the same without Will Fuller. I know Deshaun Watson's playing at such a high level, but we've talked about how important Will Fuller is to that offense. And then on the defensive side, they have no corners left. Their their starting corners this week are going to be Phillip Gaines. I mean, and and Hargreaves, who's one of the worst corners in – uh, you look at PFF coverage grades, Gaines 87th out of 147 qualified corners. Hargreaves 134th. Roby, who was their shadow guy, a lot of, for a big part of the season, was 21st. So I think Allen Robinson could have a big impact here. I like the way the Bears are using Cole Komet now.
2: Yeah, instead of Jimmy Graham? Yes,
1: yeah, absolutely. Just getting, getting absolutely. Jimmy Graham out of there. So there's some <laughs> things that the Bears offense, I think, are, have done better of late. Um, and... I mean, basically what this comes down to, I mean, the Bears have lost six in a row. I'm buying – I don't think I've – I did bet them against the Bucks. I think that might be the only time
2: i bet them this year. I was, I was shocked. Um, you, called the, you called the exact ending, I think. It was like you called like a winning field go by – The uh, special teams. Yeah, I think the yeah, was,
1: was a, a bit fortunate, but we got, we got the cover. But I'm going to go – look, this is a buying low on the Bears here, and the Texans – I think what's maybe driving this line is it's like Mitch Trubisky versus Deshaun Watts, Mitch Bortles versus Deshaun Watson, and it's the revenge game. You know, Deshaun Watson came out and said that Ryan Pace like snubbed him and didn't talk to him. And, you know, they ended up drafting Mitch Trubisky ahead of him and Holmes, as everyone has heard a billion times. And everyone's like, all right, well, this is going to be Deshaun Watson's re- revenge game. I'm going anti-narrative here. And what does that mean? Like, Deshaun Watson's going to try harder? Like, he he doesn't try hard every Sunday? Like, and it actually, if anything, could work against him. If he's, like, if he does go out there and just try to, you know, instead of just making the smart play like he wants to be Superman, in 20 to 30-mile-an-hour wind gusts against a good defense, it maybe has a bad – a forced throw or two more than he normally does. I don't think this is like the Sean Watson revenge game. All right. So now he just, he, he's like, all right, I'm going to try a little harder this Sunday. That's nonsense to me. So I think the Bears is a slight favorite here. So in Mitch, we trust plus one and a half pray for me.
2: Yeah. this is, It's funny. Cause you know, we talked about this off air and I kind of laughed when you made it. Cause like you, I think you, you kind of expressed the similar, just like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I'm like, I'm not even mad at you because I too have the Bears projected as a slight favorite, which is very odd, very rare. But uh, yeah, I have them by favored by a half a point. And you know me, I'm usually if there's any kind of kind of discrepancy, and I'm usually just gonna go with Watson here. But in a windy situation with a depleted uh, supporting cast in, in Will Fuller, it's just it's a tough spot. And and the Bears, by the way, are number one in DVOA against number one receivers so now you take away Brandon Cooks and you're left with Chad Hansen, Stephen uh Kiki QT who had a, who had a good game and Hanson did too but uh and and you're kind of thrown to you know tight ends and in, in backs and and David Johnson he's averaging four yards per carry for the first time since 2016 and they're still last in rushing so yeah, I'm, I'm not too bullish on this offense. I, I think this is uh, an under game as well. I think this is a, uh, you know, Houston had a fast start against the Colts. We still got that, that under to hit somehow because there was like three, three points in the second half. So, you know, I think a lot of people would think, you know, second half under maybe. But I actually like the first half under in this one. Matt Nagy uh, in his uh, tenure with the Bears, the first half under when, when the line is, is 23 or lower. So essentially expected low scoring game. Uh, the first half under is 28 and nine and it's seven and three this season. So uh, I, I think that uh, we won't see much scoring and that, and that's not the way Houston is going to win the game. For my third and the fifth overall pick of the week, 14 Sunday six pack. This is ugly in a whole different way, but I uh, don't usually do this, but I couldn't pass it up, especially since we're getting to probably the end of his tenure. So I'm betting against Adam Gase, Seattle minus 13 at bed MGM. I just love the bounce back spot for Seattle against Adam Gase, against these jets who I think you look at the results last week and you say, oh, Seattle's trending down. They got backdoored against Philly. Then they come out and they swoo straight up to the Giants. Well, and I talk about this in my article. The Giants are quickly establishing themselves. And this speaks to kind of, you know, Joe Judge and and Patrick Graham and, and the Belichick coaching tree and all that. But the Giants are establishing themselves as one of the best game plan teams in the league. Like they have no business even being as competitive as they are. Uh, but their game plans have been excellent week in, week out. The Jets just fired their defensive coordinator. Now, in some ways, that's that's good for them, but it doesn't exactly help things in the short term, especially the way I think it would if you know you fired Adam Gase. This is a Jets team that's not going to get pressure, that can't cover, uh, that you know it's it's not going to be schemed as well as, for example, the Giants last week, or even the Eagles under Schwartz the week before. Uh, and then on the on the other side of the ball. This is still the Jets' offense. I mean, the Jets' offense finally got something going against the Raiders. That was, you know, one of the week's worst defenses. Seattle used to be one of the week's worst defenses. They're improving. And, by the way, Jamal Adams probably is everywhere in this game. Um, you know, prevent spot for him. But Seattle has improved massively on defense since you kind of – you got Adams and you got Dunlap. You had – twenty, give it up 24 to the Rams. You, uh, you give up – you know, under 20 to the Eagles, you give up, even in the loss to the Giants, you give up 17. That's kind of expected, but uh, overall, uh, and then you give up, what was it? 21 to the Cardinals. So this Seahawks defense has not been a defense that's now getting blasted the way it was early in the year. And I don't think the jets really have the the personnel to take advantage of that either. So, and then on top of that, you're getting the situational spot last week. I talked about this. That was one of the few Adam Gase spots where you actually want to back Adam Gase. I think he was like six and two uh, coming off a loss against a, non-divisional opponent uh, at home. Well, in this spot, this is when you want to fade Gase, and it seems counterintuitive because usually these aren't the spreads you want to bet, but Adam Gase as a road underdog uh, plus five and a half or more, five and 18 against the spread. That's a 22% cover rate, which means the opponent's covering 78% of the time, uh, four and one this season. uh, And the numbers, the percentage holds just as high when you look at double-digit uh, spreads and, and then Pete Carroll uh, and Russ off a loss 25 and 13 66 against the spread two and one this season uh, so just a big bounce back spot for Seattle I have this uh, over two touchdowns and uh, so I like the 13 here at MGM be sure to shop around I've seen some 13 and a half uh, out there as well but uh, I think this is a, this, a Seattle smash spot
1: Brandon Shelter tackle might be the most important player in the league this week because uh, last week all the all Seattle's tackles got hurt and Chad Wheeler came in. That was the worst tackle performance I've ever seen in my entire life in that fourth. He looked like he never played offensive line in his life. They, it looked like they just went and, and grabbed the hot dog guy on the street and said, yo, come in here and play. He used to. I think he was the, the Giants tackle for Eli Manning that last year too. Um, the Seahawks offensive line was bad. Wilson was really bad that game. Uh, and look, I, I'm not a fan of laying double digits in the NFL, but I will say that if you're going to do it, uh, you, because double digit dogs in the NFL historically have been profitable, but, uh, the jets, they buck most trends. they're two and nine against the spread. It's a double digit underdog since the start of 2016, two and nine. Only the Jets. Uh, the only thing that would concern me here is it's the Seahawks. Can they win by more than one possession? There's like a the, a law of of NFL betting that they have to play one possession games every week, and it always comes down to the wire. But maybe the Jets uh, are just that bad. Um, so, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what the Jets' defense does. Could, are they going to? change up everything are they gonna play a lot of zone like the giants did um but this defense is no good i mean russell wilson should bounce back here so uh i don't hate it i make it close to 14 and um i'm not certainly not betting the jets here
0: and it's fucked up but that is the way it is
1: uh for my third pick and the final pick of the sunday six pack i have mitch Bortle sandwiched in between tom brady who's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And Patrick Mahomes, who might go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, for my third pick, I'll go to the Kansas City Chiefs, minus seven at BetMGM, at the Dolphins. First of all, people are saying the Chiefs are, are going down to Miami and they have the, the Saints on decks. They're going to be looking ahead. What the fuck is that? No, this, this game is way more important to the Chiefs. If they're going to lose a game the rest of the way, you would, want to, you would rather lose to the Saints. You'd rather lose an NFC game. They're they're trying to get the one seed, and right now the Steelers have the advantage because they lost an NFC to an NFC team. Uh, but the Chiefs can still get there if the Steelers drop another game, and this game is important to them. Um, they're not looking ahead to the Saints, everybody. Uh, I've heard that a bunch. I'm like, what? This the, the Chiefs have come out a little flat, and I think they have had a little Super Bowl hangover, and they've you know I think in like seven seven games this year they've been either trailing or. Leading by less than three at the half. But I just think this is a great matchup for the Chiefs. I get the Dolphins' defense has been great. And this is the same defense that you're going to see in Baltimore, right? They have good corners on the outside and Howard and Jones. They blitz a ton. They're going to play a lot of, they're going to play as much cover zeros as anybody in the league. Cover one, it's the Bill Belichick
2: tree actually, i actually want to ask you about that do you do you think they really will because the, the way that's, this year yeah that, out, that, but that's, home, right is sit back you sit back yeah back. so
1: that's but here's the thing that's all that's their identity it's the same problem that the the ravens have now if i'll get to if they don't i don't think that they should but that's the only way they're able to generate pressure too and that's just, just what they do they blitz and they play a ton of man on the outside which is a nightmare against patrick Mahomes. We know that. You don't blitz back You can't blitz him. He just just runs backwards and then throws it further. Um, And you you can't cover their receivers long enough. And, you know, the Dolphins defense has been great. But it's been great against, you know, average, slightly above average, below average, bad offenses. They do lead the NFL in third down defense, and it's been a good defense. But they're second in the NFL in turnovers. There's some regression coming there. They've been very fortunate in special teams. I know they have a good special teams unit, but they've been lucky in that department as well. And guess what? They've benefited from turnovers. Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over. Um, and so I think this is go back to when the Dolphins played the Bills. Go back to when, and, you know, like they, this defense can be got. And when the Chiefs have played similar defenses, the Ravens, the Bucks, the Blitz, but out man. Carved him up. And it's Tua on the other side. It's a huge, huge quarterback mismatch. I know Tua looked better last week. Uh, it was against the Bengals. He's still, and I know he's dealing with a handager. I'm assuming he starts and plays for this. Because I, I do have a, a downgrade between Fitzpatrick and him. And I have Tua right now graded as the 35th ranked passer out of 40 quarterbacks with at least 100 dropbacks this year. He's basically... Almost dead even with Carson Wentz. Whole, <laughs> Where's Jalen yeah, Hurts? There's, is Jalen Hurts above? Uh, oh, he doesn't have a hundred. Now Hurts doesn't have a hundred. I don't. I don't know where he would be. Um, it's like it's in the territory of like Luton, Darnold. Where's Dalton? Uh, Dal, uh, Dalton is like I think 29th. ninth. That's too 20. high. Too uh, high. <laughs> and I mean Dalton. If you watch Dalton, then you watch some of these other quarterbacks. He's he looks better than some of them. Um, at like two like yard last passes. night. He, uh, yeah, but I'm just saying, he's at least yeah. doing that. Yeah, no, – Tua, uh, it's been ugly with Tua, yes. I, I completely it's agree. been ugly. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that he's going to make mistakes, and I think this is a great matchup for the Chiefs. And then, look, if the Dolphins do decide to just drop back, you know what the Chiefs are going to do? They're going to grind all the way down the field and hand it off. And the Miami's run defense is horrendous, horrendous. So, they're just going to run it all the way down the field. And I don't think Tua can keep up. I know that the chiefs defense has issues, but they're going to blitz them, force them into some mistakes. Um, and uh, I think the chiefs roll here. Uh, so give me Kansas city minus seven.
2: Yeah. This is also one of the premier spots for Andy Reed going on the road, 83 and 55, uh, 60% against the spread. Uh, Andy Reed um, you know, just with KC, because that, that's his entire career. But with KC, 39, 21 and 1 on the road, 65%. That's, he's almost doubling up against the spread on the road. That's, that's absurd. Uh, now, this year he's 3 and 3, but probably just due for some uh, regression. And then Andy Reid with KC, when the opponent uh, is on their second straight or more uh, at home, is 14 and 7 against the spread 67%. So uh, this is really, you know, spots Andy Reid has excelled at. Now, Brian Flores is making a name for himself as well. Uh, the one thing with him is um, when he's been a favorite uh, or a, a dog by less than 11. So, you know, kind of throwing out some of those early Dolphins games where they were like 20 point underdogs. Uh, he's now 13 and six against the spread. So he's, he's, you know, coached his team well, but I think this is where he kind of meets his match. And Andy Reid, though, has had success against, Belichick. So, you know, why wouldn't he have success against Florida? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a big, uh, big quarterback mismatch. So that is going to wrap it for this week's Sunday six pack to recap. Stucky went with the Tampa Bay Bucks minus six and a half. At home against the Vikings, the Bears plus one and a half at home against the Houston Texans and the Chiefs, seven point favorites on the road against the Dolphins. I went with the Falcons, two and a half point favorites at the Chargers, the Steelers, two and a half point dogs at Buffalo, and Seattle minus 13 at home against the Jets. Uh, Going to go straight into our coach's pep talk this weekend. Today's coach's pep talk comes to us from the 1955 movie mr roberts and we're dedicating it to anthony Wenino's those charges
0: you guys are wonderful to me i don't mention it i think you almost deserve it what, what do you really think of me honestly i like you there's no getting around the fact you're a real likable guy yeah yeah but but what well i also think you're the most hapless lazy disorganized and in general the most lecherous person i've ever known in my life the day you finish one thing you started out to do, that's the day I'll have some respect for you. That's the day I'll look up to you as a man. Okay? Okay.
2: All right? And just as a reminder, you know, Stucky already mentioned the app. You can follow him at Stucky2. You can follow me at Chris Raybon. Uh and you can also follow the pics of the pod. Just search for Sunday Six Pack in the Action Network it's apps follow feature and you can see Uh, The picks next up, we have our favorite over-under plays of the week. Take us away with the total. I was going to go with the
1: Chargers-Falcons over, which I do like and did bet, uh, but totals have been hot for weeks, and mainly because I've been going with a consistent theme, and I'll go back to that here, and I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks and New York jets under 45-and-a-half at BetMGM. Talked about it at nauseum over the past few weeks. Seahawks' defense is trending up, and they're getting more conservative on offense. They've had some injuries on the offensive line. I'm afraid Jamal Adams is going to have two defensive touchdowns. It's the only thing in a revenge game for him. Uh, but the Jets' offense stinks. They're dealing with some injuries as well. I think that the Seahawks come out. They run all over the Jets. Russell Wilson won a couple big plays. Seattle shuts down the Jets offense, and Seattle goes under again. They flipped from pure over team to a pure under team. So back to the Seahawks under for me.
2: The Jets, it's really, you know, when you look at their games, it's, it's a question of are they going to be able to kind of live up to their side of the bargain? And you look at who they played last week, the Raiders, that's the team that the Jets can move the ball on. This week, as crazy as it sounds, I don't think the Jets will have much offensive success just based on what I see out of the Seahawks defense over the the past month so I don't hate it I think the one thing you have to be careful with is if the Seahawks you know do look at that Jets defensive line that's kind of their strength is is defending the run they've given up like one or two big run plays that have inflated their yard per carry but if you look at their adjusted line yards they're still a very good against running backs so uh, that's the one thing you got to hope the Seahawks don't like actually decide to go back to that early let Russ cook but even if they do I think they should have no problem kind of pulling away. And uh, at the end of the day, I also don't think the Jets will score much. So I think you still have a, a margin for error, uh, even if the the Seahawks go a little more pass-heavy early. For my total, I am going with the most dependable total in the NFL over the past year and a half, and one that I think some people will be on the other side of because it's a late-year divisional under. but uh, I don't care. I, I think that this is uh, a, another great spot based on the defenses, and that is the Titans and Jaguars over fifty-two and a half. The Titans going against the Jags. You have Derek Henry, who always you know gets better in December. You have Corey Davis playing well. You have AJ Brown playing well. Ryan Tannehill, the play-action game, uh, and then on the other side, the one issue, the one worry I do have for Jacksonville is uh, Brandon Winder. It looks like he's going to be out their center, but. Um, Jacksonville has been able to score and, and kind of stick with some teams lately. Uh, Pittsburgh is really the only one they, they weren't able to have any kind of offense against. And that's even with Mike Glennon. I uh, like Jacksonville's receivers, love James Robinson. Uh, and, you know, we saw this Titans defense. Like, I, I thought it was improving. It had played well. But, I mean, the display that the defense showed in that first half against Cleveland was one of the worst defensive performances I've ever seen in my life. But this just kind of goes back to, how these Titans are playing and over this, you know, past one and a half years with Ryan Tannehill in that play action game, uh, they are 21 and four to the over 21 and four. Now last year they came out, they were a surprise over team. You'd say, okay, this year the market's going to react. Overs have been killing. There's no way they're making these totals for the Titans too low. Titans over is nine and two this year with one push I'm going to keep going. It's, a, it's just like Anthony Wynn. I'm going to keep going back to it until they prove that they're not – that this is not the kind of game script uh, that they are going to play to.
1: Yeah, I don't hate it. This the then the, they played the first meeting, I think the Titans won 33-30 on the last second field goal by Guskowski, And the Jags, they've won win. They've been in seven one-possession games. Like, it's like a feisty team. Yeah, the Titans' defense is so – I mean, the Jags' defense is terrible. It's – a bottom three defense by any, no matter who you're asking. The Titans' defense is horrendous. Maybe they get a Dory Jackson back. He practiced today. That could help. He's, but they he's get not no a real pressure.
2: It's p- just a figment. Uh, a figment of our
1: imagination. <laughs> uh, but the Titans—they're allowing teams to score touchdowns on 73 percent of red zone trips. That, the only—the Chiefs are actually worst. Uh, the Titans are 34. Yeah, you know now. why, right? Because, you know, they,
2: they practice against their own offense, which scores like 80% of the time, and it just carries right over to the game. They just give up <laughs> the exact same rate, you know what I mean? Um, and they're allowing
1: teams to convert on third downs 53.57% of the time. That's incredible. Dead last NFL. Uh, they get no pressure, and they can't cover on the back end. I mean, it's not going to work in today's NFL. So, uh, yeah, I don't disagree with you there.
2: And uh, just if, if anyone's kind of looking to bet the aside in this game, uh, I do expect the Titans to rebound in, in, in the first half. I don't know if their defense is good enough to hold them and check the whole game. But uh, if you look at Doug Marone's team since the start of last season, they are 4-23 and when it comes to winning the first half. So, um, you know, Titans first half money line, something to look at uh, in this one as well. Those are our favorite totals. Stucky going Seahawks Jets under 45 and a half. I'm going Titans Jags over 52 and a half. Make sure you shop for the best wine. Have also seen some 53s out there, uh, have it uh, over 54. So I don't hate the 53, but I would prefer, you know, obviously getting the lowest number.
0: The NFL season is upon us and our friends at BetMGM sports are offering action network podcast listeners, a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show.
2: Let's go into our favorite teasers of the week.
0: Oh, yeah. Six-point teasers.
2: For those not familiar, eight teasers when you combine two or more spread bets or, or really, you could do it with other bets, but you do it with the spread here. Uh, each bet you get an additional uh, six points in a standard uh, six point teaser against the toward the spread. so for example, if you're betting an eight point favorite, they become just a two point favorite, and if you're also teasing them with an eight point underdog, for example, uh, that underdog becomes plus fourteen, so uh, you're getting six points for each leg of the bet Stucky has a lot of great content out on actionnetwork.com where he explains uh, exactly how to bet teasers There are certain key numbers that you're looking to tease the six points through and this week in particular stuck I know you have a piece out already um, that everybody should go check out on actionnetwork.com or in the action network app uh, that goes over the what's a pretty uh, large amount of teaser teasing options teaser options uh, for this week 14 slate of games yeah, a ton of options uh, if you haven't checked out the piece. And as if you
1: if you assume lines get more efficient as the year goes on and in with increased efficiency in a betting market, an NFL betting market, teasers become even more valuable then. So I think it's a really good week to use teasers if you can cross the three and seven, which you can do with a number of different games. I have a couple options out there. I'll throw two out there. I'll go with the Giants. Teasing them from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half. And I'll go with the Raiders, plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half. I make both of those lines under two and a half. So there's value just in the lines anyway, per my number. So teasing them up through three, four, six, and seven works for me. And eight, eight's now growing in importance because teams go for two in different situations late when they're down 14 and score a touchdown. Uh, so I'm getting over eight in both of these. The Giants, all they do outside of that San Fran game is they play close games, and they're competitive. They're well-coached. Uh, the Cardinals have flaws on defense. Uh, I'm not sure Kyler Murray is all the way right. The one thing that scares me in this game, while I'm not playing it straight and I'd rather tease it, I mentioned the Giants' red zone offense. Now, some of these things in small sample sizes, there's a lot of noise, and you can see regression in red zone numbers. But the Giants' red zone offense is, they're only scoring touchdowns of 48.5% of their trips. That's 31st in the NFL, only in front of the Jets. The Cards are number one in the NFL at 76%. So why do I think that's just not noise and, and variance? Well, Kyler Murray and his legs, the Cardinals running game. They have you know Hopkins, and they have talented possession receivers. Um, there's a lot of things to like about the Cardinals offense with Murray creating And that spread-you-out run game uh, in the red zone. So that could end up being the difference, but I still like the Giants to keep this close within one possession. And then the Raiders, look, the Colts have injuries on the offensive line, particularly at tackle. And I think Phillip Rivers, yeah, you never know in this foot. He was left in a a boot. Uh, He's not stepping into all his throws. From what I'm seeing, that might cost him a pick or two. And the Colts offense is just meh. I mean, just no matter where you look, it's just not a great offense. Um, And I know the Raiders aren't a great defense, but I think the Raiders also can move the ball. Derek Carr is really good about finding soft pockets and zones, and the Colts play a ton of zone defense. Uh, You could have Josh Jacobs and Trent Brown back, which would obviously help. But even if not, I still like teasing this up here. Uh, The Raiders – The third down offense is just so much more efficient. I think that they're going to be able to sustain drives with more ease. And the Colts were are 29th in the NFL in third down percentage. The Raiders are third. Derek Hart, you have to give him credit. He's playing at a really high level. He had that stinker a couple weeks ago. But I, I like the matchup of this Raiders offense against the Colts' zone defense. And I think there's a lot of issues on the Colts' offense uh so uh, i think the raiders can certainly keep this within a touchdown and then if not you have you know if Derek carr and company are down 14 late he can go down and get you a touchdown to get to get into this number so give me the raiders and uh the giants to at least keep this keep each game within one possession
2: yeah the giants yeah i love them as a teaser they have lost by more than one possession just twice all year once was to that uh Steelers team and then uh, and that was in week one And they would have covered a tease there Right, and then you have the big loss to the Niners, and kind of that just their worst game of the year. Uh, so since week four, every game, every game that they've lost has been eight points or less. So you tease them here, you get to eight and a half. And you know, keep in mind that Cliff Kingsbury, as a straight up, you know, favorite, has actually lost more times than he's won. He's three and five as a uh, you know straight up money line favorite. So uh, the Giants. They're, they're, what they do is they game plan extremely well against teams, and that's why you see them keeping games close, even though their talent level and even some of their underlying metrics would suggest that um, they shouldn't be in these games the way they are. So like them, and then already mentioned it, but uh, you talked about it, like the Bucs, uh, teasing them down to a half point, essentially picking them to win against a vulnerable Vikings team. So giants Bucks for me. All right, those were our teasers. Stucks going Giants Raiders. I'm going Giants Bucks. Now it's time for our Moneyline underdog parlay.
1: Turning good weekends into great weekends.
0: It's time for the Moneyline Parlay.
2: All right, stuck. Who you got? The Jets almost almost came through from you last week, but you know, Greg Williams. Uh, I'm going with the
1: Cincinnati Bengals. Looks like they're about three and a half point home underdogs. To the Cowboys, I don't see a ton of value in the line, but this is a good underdog money line to take because it's a great spot. You, you, the, the Cowboys season essentially ended last night, Tuesday night in Baltimore with a loss, and now they're on an extremely short week, four-day week, and go from Baltimore to play lowly Cincinnati. I know – I'm not going to sit here and brag anything about Cincinnati. I mean, their quarterback – I mean, there's nothing for me to say. This is just – the Cowboys might come out here and lay a complete egg.
2: So, give me the Bengals. Also, this is a very feisty Bengal team. I mean, they were getting it in, like, droves last week. Just, like, mercilessly just – Punishing like the punt returner, uh, you know, for Miami, Jakeem Grant, just like just a ton of uh, skirmishes and and scuffles. And now you're going against this Cowboy team. Well, I think it's hilarious because remember what happened a f- few weeks ago in that in that first uh, Washington game when Andy Dalton got knocked out and no Cowboy stood up for him. Like they're all just kind of standing around him in, in a heap. And like no, you know, usually when it when, when there's a dirty hit and Boston got ejected, you see the guys you know run up in his face. You know, somebody has to be held back. But there was none of that. So now you're going against this Bengals team that they showed that like their season has been over, but they're, they're, they're still playing with an edge. So I, I do think like, this is technically the Cowboys still have like a one and a half percent chance to make the playoffs. If they were able to win out just, you know, as of right now, based on the fact that we don't know the outcomes of the other games yet, if they were to win out in theory, th- their playoff chances could rise back up to as high as 33%. So like technically like this is actually a trap game for them. Uh, but either way, it's, it, it, it's just a game where I think Cincinnati has like, they're going to come out with more of an edge and uh, I make this essentially a pick So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't hate that at all. It, it's, it's scary to bet Cincinnati to win a game, but it's the Dalton revenge spot, but who wants more revenge? Cincinnati for all the years, Dalton wasted or, or Dalton. Yeah, I feel like it's Cincinnati. What's he going to do? Oh, try harder. Cause he's playing the Bengals. Like it's just, everything's underneath. It's, uh. I could totally see this, uh, agree with you. I could see the Cowboys land a UJ here. I am going with the team that I mistakenly bet against over and over last week. And that is the Washington football team at San Francisco and they're plus one forty-five. And I started to look back on this team and really this is a pretty average team. They're about 17th in, in overall DVOA, uh, they they're top five on defense, but I'm thinking back on it, and I'm and you really started to see this kind of come out in, in that San Francisco, in that uh, Pittsburgh game, but this is like the team, like this is like the emotional team, like this is like the team that you look at Ron Rivera and what you know what he's gone through this year, you know battling cancer decides that he, they're not just gonna tank the season, even though it probably would have helped him because they still don't have the long term quarterback on the roster. Uh, he's like, no, we're going to go for the division title. And then you know, push comes to shove, and all of a sudden you have Alex Smith in there who battled back from a life-threatening injury. So you have the two team leaders just battling back from, like, life-threatening circumstances. Now finally have some confidence because this is a great second-half team. They have the great best second-half um, scoring margin in the league. But they've come out flat in a lot of different spots, and, and that's kind of slowed them down. But you look at their, fir- their first-half offense, they're top five in success right now uh in in first half offense under Alex Smith they were 30th under the other two quarterbacks so I think you're going to start to see some improvement there and Kyle Shanahan his spots are the underdog spots like those and it didn't come through last week but those are well they kind of flipped to a favorite and you saw what happened so you know Kyle Shanahan is a coach that uh you generally like to bet you know on him when the Niners are underdogs they just for some reason play better still not at home they're still in Arizona but uh, I just like the washington football team I, I initially, I was like, this is gonna be a letdown spot for Washington, and then I just thought back I'm like, no, nah, this is that one team that just has all that emotion like that it's it's gonna be that team that's just like it's the feel good story of 2020 and I don't think you're gonna want to fuck with Washington down a stretch, so I'm gonna try to get out ahead of it. I could be wrong, but uh going with Washington plus one forty five here yeah, Washington's defense has been a tremendous number number one red zone defense too. that defensive line is great,
1: but I mean, this is the quintessential buy low so high we saw San Fran get blown out we saw Washington pull that huge upset over Pittsburgh so are they flat here potentially that's scary one for me
2: like just watch out for that that's all I'm saying like watch out for Washington just watch this team down a stretch because I I just have a a feeling that they're they're gonna be kind of outperforming expectation now let's get into the best of the rest which are the games that did not make it into any other segment all right first up we have Denver, this line is off the board at some books. Carolina dealing with some COVID issues. Looks like DJ Moore, the wide receiver, will not play. But Carolina three and a half point favorites. Last we've seen, the line may open a little bit lower if you know if, if it comes back out and anything else is announced. But right now, that's what we're going with. Uh, any thoughts on this game? No, I mean no. We gotta
1: we have to wait to see who's out. Keep your We'll have content out on ActionApp and Actionwork.com. I mean, A.J. Bouye is now suspended cornerback for Denver. They already lost Bryce Callahan. He's been one of the best corners in the NFL. So their starting corners will be Duke Dawson and, and a rookie, Ojemudia. That's not great. Uh, Panthers off of a bye,
2: but now dealing with COVID issues, this game's a mess. Yeah, I mean, it it, it would seem like Denver's defense is going to take a hit, but still have Vic Fangio. I, I think it's probably going to be an under game for me just because the Panthers, they're – you know Denver's taking a hit at corner, but the Panthers are, are you know going to be down a key wide receiver if not more because Curtis Samuel also went on the COVID list. Uh, so that would be huge if you have to start like Brandon Zilstra and Pharaoh Cooper. Uh, so uh, watch yeah. out for the under in this one. Uh, and uh, next up we have Green Bay going to Detroit. Detroit seven and a half point favorites. Are the Packers the total is 55 and a half?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the key thing here to uh, you keep your eye on is Kenny Galladay going to play? I, I don't know. Uh, he's obviously really important to Detroit's offense, even though he will go against Jair Alexander. But without him, I don't know if Detroit has any shot. I don't know how Detroit gets any stops. I make this slightly under seven, but I, I don't, I can't see how the Packers lose this game. It's, it's a, they're a good teaser piece. If Galladay plays, too, I, I would like the over. I, I just think Green Bay is going to go up and down the field at will.
2: Yeah, that's what it would seem like. I have a, a Green Bay as seven-point favorites. It is on the road. We've seen Green Bay stumble a little bit, wait in the year outside of Lambeau especially. I think they won 23-20 to 20 at Detroit last year. I think that both games they were three-point games, actually. Detroit tends to play them tough. Now, there is a new coach, so there is a little bit of uncertainty here. But Aaron Rodgers is playing extremely well, and I, I was impressed that – in a spot against Philly last week where I thought, you know, okay, maybe, maybe you see some slowdown because pressure defenses, especially, you know, front fronts that can get pressure have slowed them down. You, you also have uh, a cornerback in that Philly game who could at least, you know, in theory, obviously didn't happen, but in theory, cover Devonte couldn't get it done. And now this is just such a, such a easier defensive matchup for Rodgers. So yeah, I would lean to the over in this game if I had to make a play just because, you know, Detroit offense under Bevel now could be a little bit better. I think Green Bay's defense has been a little bit overrated. So, um, would lean over as, as the play here uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: Bevel still isn't like a, a Wisconsin guy that just loves to run it right in, right up into the gut way too often. But I think Swift's going to be back, so that'll help. Because you can run on Green Bay and it won't be Adrian Peterson. But uh, I don't see Green Bay
2: losing. I just don't see how the trick can stop them. Yeah. I mean, no one, else, no one has except Tampa. So, and, and the Colts for like a half. But really, Mount Marcus is about to scantling, stop them. But we move on. Last game is the Saints, seven point favorites at Philly. We have two of these kind of run first quarterbacks. The total is 44 for this game. The Saints have been started to be an underteam, the Eagles have started to be an underteam wean that way although the total's starting to creep down but what are your thoughts on on Hurts and how he affects this uh this number uh can't be much worse than Carson
1: Wentz like I, I don't I don't even have that much for downgrade I always have a big downgrade for rookie quarterbacks making their first start but I mean Wentz has been as bad as you can possibly get I, I don't I can't project that he's gonna be better I have to see more and he seems to just like a one read quarterback uh for now but maybe he provides a spark and yeah, I mean, Wentz was just playing at such a – he needed to he needs to get out of there and start over if he even has anything left. I, I don't know. I hear Drew Brees might play, and I still have a big downgrade between Brees and uh, Taysom Hill. Hurts not going to get any help. You can't run on the Saints at all. Historically great run defense. Uh, they have some defensive injuries to keep your eye on. The Saints are 8-0 against the spread the last eight games. Brees hasn't started. I don't know. I, the Saints, they they are rolling and – they're going to Philadelphia here. Is this a slip-up spot? I, I don't know. Possibly. This is tough for me. But I, I have the line spot on now. Um, if Breeze plays and this line ticks up, I might go Philly reluctantly. But this isn't a game i rushing to bet. Yeah,
2: so report- Philly has a
1: bunch of injuries to keep an eye on to corners, offensive line.
2: Yeah, reports of as of this morning are that Breeze is targeting a week 15 uh, return date. Says he's progressing well, uh, according to NFL Network, but he won't practice much this week. So uh, probably won't see him back this week. Uh, I think it'll be one more, at least one more game of Taysom. And yeah, I think I think I'd probably just lean under. But uh, it's so hard to know because with this with the spread, because Hurts, I think I agree. I think he could be an upgrade. And and, in that case, you know, you don't want to. Just blindly fade him because Philly is already kind of you're buying you you know they're at the lowest point if you're betting against them, uh, and then you know Taysom Hill we've seen three games two have been against the Falcons one has been against Broncos without a quarterback so it's another one of these weird games where he's going against a similar quarterback now I just think it's going to be another Saints. Kind of low-scoring game. You look at their defense. They're so the Saints are second in overall defensive DVOA, and they're two against the pass, two against the rush. So that is just, I mean, and this is it's impressive because last week they had no Jack Rabbit who played a big role in that first game against the win. They had no Davenport, and just keep on rolling. So yeah, under game for me. Not sure how, you know, what happens with Hurts, but do agree. I don't think it can be any worse than Carson Wentz. And I think that the fact that he can scramble uh, does, does help them because I think Wentz was just kind of – he was scrambling a little bit more, but the bottom line is the scheme isn't getting guys open consistently enough. So uh, th- that rushing ability is going to come in handy with just, you know, keeping the chains moving and, and picking up an extra first down or two. Now let's get into our survivor picks of the week. One pick. <coughs> One chance to advance.
0: Survivor.
2: And we, we lost again, Seattle. So that's <laughs> like the what, third time, I think, this year. So not, uh, not ideal, but uh, it's getting late in the year. Uh, if you're alive, congratulations. That you, You're on a heck of a run. Um, I mean, who, do we, who are we looking at for this week? I haven't used the Chiefs. Yeah, not that I see, now.
1: I'll go Chiefs.
2: Yeah, so I didn't use the Saints yet. I mean, not that it makes much of a difference now, but uh, I'll go with the Saints to get the win against the rookie quarterback. We'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, it's been a rough year for Survivor Picks. So that's gonna wrap it up for the Week 14 NFL Betting Podcast. Again, be sure to check out Convince Me at 7 Eastern on the Action Network HQ Twitter handle. We'll talk some some of our favorite uh, bets and props, especially for the Thursday night rams patriots game and uh we'll have an episode on the handle as well sunday at 11 a.m eastern breaking down our favorite side total and prop for the sunday slate you can follow stucky in the action network app at stucky too you can follow me at chris raybon and you can find us on twitter at those same handles be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our nfl betting and fantasy content fantasywebs.com for the dfs content until next week, good luck and let's get this one.
1: Go Ravens.
0: We're finished talking.